I'm Matthew Kruger with Kruger Hay Farms in Stockdale, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. It is time once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, a group of Texas farmers and ranchers toured agricultural operations in Colorado and Nebraska last week. We'll check in with one member of that tour coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Helping livestock producers deal with drought conditions is the focus of an AgriLife event coming up next week. I'm James Hunt, and here on Texas Ag Today, we'll preview the Hemp Hill County Mini Ag Conference in Canadian. Beef checkoff dollars provided by cattle producers are the driving force for the production of the award-winning BarbaQuest video series highlighting barbecue restaurants and the cattle industry. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll have more on BarbaQuest Season 3 on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas has its first big rain in months. The harvest of cotton is winding down. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers and ranchers were in Colorado and Nebraska last week, touring agricultural operations there and learning about the challenges that other farmers face. Pete Pavelic from Atascosa County was on that trip, and he says the tour of the JBS beef plant in Greeley, Colorado, helped him to see a part of the beef industry he doesn't normally get to see. Getting to go down on the processing floor and, and all the way through the plant, watching them box the beef and seal it up and looking at some of the different cuts and stuff as they went down the chain and how fast the stuff moved down the chain. So, I mean, that, that was really interesting. Pavelic says he thinks it's important for cattle producers to see and understand how that segment of the beef industry works. You know, I really do because we always gripe about the factors and the margins and stuff, but we don't see what all it takes to get that calf from a live steak down to the dinner table. You know what I mean? You know, we don't see the number of people it takes. Just in the corporate office, how, how many people work in there, you know, all the other stuff that goes along with just the cow. That was eye-opening to me, and I think it would be to most producers. It's opened my eyes to the beef operation. You know, I mean, everybody needs to make a profit. And the cow cat man, man all the way, the feedlot guy, and then the processor has to make a profit to keep his plants open. And it kind of helps you understand sometimes why they are making maybe $1,100 a head. And we're losing money on because sooner or later they're going to lose money and we're going to make money. Pavelic says another eye-opener was the difference in water regulations that Colorado and Nebraska farmers have to deal with. 
Feral hogs are a problem all over Texas, and that's why we have a feral hog eradication and control pilot program to help control the hog population. The feral swine eradication and control pilot program was originally established in the 2018 Farm Bill to respond to the threat that feral swine pose to agriculture, native ecosystems, and human and animal health. Uh, USDA is focusing these efforts through uh, this pilot where feral swine pose the highest threat. That's Liza Parker with the Texas State Soil and Water Conservation Board. She says round one of the project has been successful so far. The round one project areas include 10 counties. There are three counties in the Texas Panhandle, Hartley, Oldham, and Potter. Four counties along the Red River, Clay, Hardeman, Wichita, and Will Barker. And three counties in Central Texas in the Upper Leon area of Comanche, Eastland, and Erath counties. Those counties have been active for over a year now, and through the TRAP loan effort, 100 landowners have been assisted, and those landowners have trapped over 3,800 hogs. Round two of the program will include six more Texas counties. Helping livestock producers deal with drought conditions is the focus of an AgriLife event coming up next week. James Hunt takes a look at the upcoming Hemp Hill County Mini Ag Conference. With as much devastation as area agriculture has suffered due to insufficient rainfall this year, it's hard to imagine there being any upside for anyone. But coming up at next week's Hemp Hill County Mini Ag Conference, AgriLife Beef Cattle Specialist Jason Smith is giving a presentation on taking advantage of opportunities created by drought. That's something we're really excited to focus about and maybe take a little different spin or different approach to a lot of what we've been focusing on for drought because there are some portions of the panhandle that have received some really timely rainfall and are in a lot better position than others. And so one of the things we're going to focus on is how those operations might be able to take advantage of that timely rainfall and those forage resources and and put them to use as economically as possible and benefit the operation. And here's some examples of the opportunities Dr. Smith is talking about. For a lot of producers, particularly if there are producers that have extra forage than they were planning for or they've liquidated some cows, an opportunity might be stocker cattle might be growing and developing replacement heifers because all the market outlooks at least right now suggest that we're hopefully heading towards a time of pretty good prices and so those might be opportunities for producers to capture some of that upswing in the market and utilize those forages to do so other topics to be covered at the hemp hill county mini ag conference include insurance options for livestock producers range management during dry conditions and the long range weather outlook The event is Monday, September 12th in Canadian, but AgriLife would appreciate registration by this Friday. Contact AgriLife for more details or search online using the words Hemp Hill County Mini Ag Conference. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Beef checkoff dollars are helping to showcase Texas barbecue. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest again today from Austin is Rachel Chow. She is Director of Consumer Marketing for the Texas Beef Council and Executive Producer of the award-winning BarbaQuest Beyond the Pit Season 3 series that is now streaming on Hulu. 
Rachel, uh, what is uh, Texas Beef Council's role in all of this? At the urging of our board of directors, they really wanted us to reach consumers in an innovative way that connects their daily lives with the food that they eat. And through BarbaQuest Beyond the Pit, we've had the opportunity to do that. With season three, we saw the opportunity to capitalize on the conversation that's already happening among consumers around how their beef is raised and the sustainability of beef production. And we're so thankful that we are able to use checkoff dollars to fund a project like this. And our co-hosts ask the hard questions so that consumers can see how hardworking, how honest, and how sustainable beef production is, not just in the state of Texas, but all across the country. Now, Rachel, the connection between uh, barbecue in Texas and ranches is certainly uh, showcased in the four episodes. Legacy and Tradition is episode one. Creativity and Innovation is episode two. Texas Trailblazers. And then finally, Family and Community. That's right. And we show how with all of these themes, there is a direct connection between the people and the cattle that are raised on ranches across the state. We would love for the listeners and supporters to watch BarbaQuest, and we'd love to hear what you're thinking. So please reach out to us on BeefLovingTexans.com and let us know. That is Rachel Chow, Director of Consumer Marketing at the Texas Beef Council. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Deep South Texas is enjoying the recent rain as cotton harvest winds down there. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. The cotton harvest is winding down across the valley. Many late fields have had to deal with sea breeze thunder showers, but hopefully not enough rain to downgrade any of the cotton's quality. A tropical wave moved over extreme South Texas since our last report. It handed us our first big rain in months. The system really never organized into a named system, but it did leave two to seven inches of rain across the area. I guess you could call it a million-dollar rain for citrus, sugarcane, and fall vegetables. Another weather system tried to get to South Texas from the southwestern Gulf, but wind shear dissolved that system along the Mexican coastline. The valley, which had hoped another one to four inches of rainfall from the system, received at best a couple of tenths. We still have a couple of systems out in the Atlantic that we'll be watching closely. The tropical season is finally starting to get a little activity. Well, the rains that hit the valley made it up to the Falcon Reservoir watershed. The lake, which had shrunk to 9.4% full, it's now about 11.5%, and hopefully more runoff is still to make it into the lake. Amistad Reservoir has also increased almost 34% full. That was a gain of about 4% since our last report. Water restrictions are still in effect for most of the Valley cities. Well, there's been some talk about increasing the size of Delta Lake. That's a lake north of Ed Couch uh, here in the Valley. That would help ease water pressure to several smaller Valley cities. Not any major reservoir, though. Amistad Reservoir is almost now 60 feet below conservation level. Falcon about 45 feet below conservation. Has a lot of storage room up there. Well, the Valley should harvest its early orange crop in late September. Irrigation crews are still busy keeping the groves wet so that fruit will continue to grow. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. The Texas A&M Forest Service has a few tips for hunters to help prevent grass fires. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And stocker operators and feedlots both want weaned calves with a strong immune system. 
Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Stocker operators and feedlots both want weaned calves with a strong immune system. Dr. Bob Judd says this includes dehorning, castrating, and having them familiar with water and feed. Stocker operators and feedlot operators know that calves with better immune systems are less likely to get sick and will cost them less money to treat. Consequently, the calves that are preconditioned are worth more money to the cow-calf producer. Bob LaValle is the Beef Quality Assurance Coordinator from Oklahoma, and he indicates at Drovers.com that these calves need a balanced nutritional program and should be dewormed for internal parasites. Research at Oklahoma State in the late 90s has shown that finished steers treated for bovine respiratory disease gained less and had lighter carcasses, costing the feedlot operator $20 per head for steers treated once, and $75 for steers treated multiple times. Calves affected with respiratory disease had decreased gain, feed efficiency, ribeye area, and marbling. There are different preconditioning programs, but all are similar. The Oklahoma Quality Beef Network program indicates calves must be weaned for 45 days, must be ranch-raised, bull calves must be castrated and healed, and must be dehorned and healed. Calves should also be vaccinated for respiratory diseases 30 days prior to weaning and again at weaning, or the booster can be given at weaning and the second dose given 30 days later. Multiple studies have shown an increase in price the buyer receives for the preconditioned calves. An Oklahoma study and an Alabama study about six to eight years ago both showed increases of 10 cents per pound to 30 cents per pound. So it is profitable to precondition your calves. Also, it is the right thing to do for the calf to decrease suffering. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas A&M Forest Service has a few tips for hunters to help prevent fires. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. Despite recent rainfall, the majority of Texas remains under a drought and at risk for wildfire. To prevent future damage to crops, pastures, homes, and businesses, the Texas a and Service is urging all Texans to use caution with anything that can create a spark and ignite a fire outdoors. Here's Karen Stafford, a program coordinator for the Forest Service. The rain that we're getting right now is great. It's given us a a temporary reprieve, but the long-term drought is still there. We definitely want Texas hunters to be very aware of how dry the grass is. So things like parking and idling vehicles on dry grass and not just your large vehicle, but UTVs, ATVs, anything like that. The underside of that vehicle can become hot enough to ignite that dry grass and start a fire. So we want, want everybody to be cautious about parking and idling on that dry grass. Hunters are also encouraged to be mindful of what is around where they plan to shoot. 
look ahead, see what's behind your target, whether you're target practicing or shooting at your prey. Be aware of shooting into that tall, dry grass. Those casings are hot enough. When they fall into that dry grass, it could potentially start a fire. Although it may still be a bit too warm to start a campfire, Stafford urges Texans to be careful with outdoor fires when the time comes. Please check those local burn bans. If burn bans are still in effect, please respect those burn bans and not have a campfire. If they are in an area that does not have a burn ban and if conditions are safe, then just keep some safety tips in mind with those campfires. Make sure there's completely clear around it of all other flammable materials. Keep a water source nearby. Keep the fire small and manageable and never, ever leave it unattended. Make sure it's out completely cold before they leave their campsite. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Wednesday, but we ended up closing lower. Cotton and corn finished lower as well. We'll look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, everybody. This is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, every day on the radio, I have to report on how awful everything is in Texas agriculture right now. The heat, the drought, the markets. I just can't imagine how this is making you feel as a Texas farmer or rancher. Well, if it's getting to you, I want to ask you to give some friends of mine a call. It's called the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number, 833 897-2474, 833-897-2474. Farmers and ranchers are some of the toughest people on earth, but hey, we all need help sometimes. If you just need somebody to talk to in these tough times, give them a call, 833-897-2474. Or if you can't write it down, go to farmlifehelp.com. Do me a favor, don't wait, call them today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded on both sides of unchanged on Wednesday, but we ended up closing lower. October live cattle dropped 80 cents, 144.25. The December down 80, 150.07, while February live cattle dropped 70 cents to close at 154.50. Even bigger losses in the feeder cattle market. September feeders down 215, 182.02. October feeder cattle down 215 at 183.95. November down $1.57, 185.45. Cash fed cattle market still quiet so far this week. The feedlots seem to be holding out for higher money. We did have asking prices earlier in the week at 144 here in the south, but no reports of sales so far this week. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday choice up $1.75 at $262.22. Select down $0.17, cents, $239.13. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. They had a great sale in Cameron at Milam County Livestock Auction, Cameron, the day before the Labor Day holiday. Kenny Mingus, how did it roll? We had a total of 975 out of that mix, 150 cows. Walk the pins with us, Kenny. With the steers, under 300, 165 to 220, 3 to 400 pound steers, 139 to 255, 4 to 500 pound steers, 110 to 250, and over 580 to 196. 
on the heifers under 300, 151 to 192 and a half. Three to 400 pound heifers, 129 to 195. Four to 500 pound heifers, a dollar to 189. And over 570 to 176. Packer cows, like I said, about steady, 40 to 97 and a half. Packer bulls, 88 to 118. On your bread cows, 430 to 1075. And on your pairs, 675 to 1650. What do you think about this Friday sale? I think these runs are going to be a little lighter here for a little while. The only thing is just like I had a call or two Friday about what some of these cattle are bringing. And, uh, you know, people are talking about, well, maybe I'll just ought to go get them and sell them all. You know, this market could be headed in an upper trend here for a little while. You might want to save a little seed stock back. We've got a lot of things, you know, kind of working in our favor right now. I think that our producers are in pretty good shape to, to possibly sell some high-dollar calves here in the next year or two. When Kenny can help you get it found or get it sold if you're deciding to pull the plug, <laughs> tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. Uh, catch us at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697. Follow us on our webpage, bottomcountylivestockauction.com, or catch us on Facebook. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Larry. Bye-bye. And neighbor, we appreciate you too. Thanks for listening to Walking the Pins each day here on the Texas Farm Bureau radio network i'm larry marble good day to you thanks larry back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished mixed on wednesday october hogs down two cents 9107 december hogs up 10 at 8360 class three milk was higher nearby september up 16 cents 1983 100 weight october milk up 27 at 2036 100 The cotton market dropped lower in Wednesday's trade. Just no fresh bullish news to push this cotton market higher right now. We do have some bearish factors hanging over the market. A very strong U.S. dollar and a weaker Chinese currency. All pushing pressure on prices with December cotton down 193 points, 101.62. March cotton down 183 at 98.55. December 23, cotton down 54 points, 81.87. A lower corn market, September corn down 4 cents Wednesday, 6.76 and 3 quarters, while December corn was down a nickel, 6.71. The wheat market got a big boost on Wednesday, mainly from comments by Russia's Vladimir Putin. He was complaining that only two of the 87 ships of grain loaded so far out of Ukraine have been sent to the poorest nations. So that made the wheat trade a bit jumpy, and we had big gains with December Kansas City wheat up 19.5 at 901.5. New crop July wheat up 16 cents, 891 and three quarters. Same story on soft wheat with December Chicago wheat up 27 and a quarter, 844 and a quarter. New crop July up 18 and a half, 859 and three quarters. In the energy markets, natural gas was lower, October down 34 cents at 780. October crude oil down 478, 82.10 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 456 points, 31,601. The Nasdaq up 256 at 11,801. The S&P up 73 points at 3,981. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org. 
or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.